these days, I'm basically giddy when sales calls pop up on my calendar. I'm talking next level. I cannot wait to have that conversation excited. But it isn't just the possibility of making the sale, though I admit that is part of it, but rather the opportunity to help potential clients shift their mindset so they can get more of what they want in life and business. Helping them uncover those blind spots and offering a new perspective is my jam. I also know that I didn't always feel that way. I used to dread them, secretly hoping they would cancel, breaking out in hives beforehand, and questioning if I should actually pitch or just kind of let this one slide. And if they brought up an objection to working together, I thought it was basically game over. So if that's where you are now, I see you and I'm here to help you shift it. In today's episode, I'm filling you in on my own mindset around sales calls, how it transformed, why I think objections are actually a good thing, and so much more. If you're someone who hasn't found a way to sell that actually feels good, or you're looking to shift your mindset so you can convert more of them, this episode is for you. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. Hello, hello, my simple shifters. I hope you're having an incredible week. It dawned on me recently that I don't think I have ever done a podcast episode on this exact topic. I know that sales calls are something that I talk to my clients all the freaking time about. It's something that really, really supported me in building my coaching business once I got really, really good at them. And it's just one of those topics that I think a lot of people either misunderstand, don't know how to do them, don't know how to host them in a way that feels good, don't know how to convert them once they do get them. There are so many mindset things that can come up when we dive into the topic of sales calls and just so much noise in the online space in general when it comes to them that I want to give you my perspective. I want to share with you exactly how I think about sales calls. I want to share with you how you can convert more sales calls and I want you to feel really, really good about having them, right? So that's what we're going to dive into today. I'm going to talk about the mindset that you can approach sales calls with so that you can convert more of them. I'm going to talk about how I I think about objections when it comes to sales calls so that you can feel really good about having that conversation with your potential clients. We're also going to talk about how this is really your first opportunity to coach is on a sales call, whether you are a coach or you are just a business owner who needs to support your potential clients in making this really important decision, whether or not they want to work with you. So there's just so much juicy stuff that's going to come up today. But the biggest point I want to make during this conversation is really the conversation around having objections 
and how I actually view objections as a good thing when it comes to sales calls and how you can really navigate those with so much more ease so that you can convert your sales calls and just feel better about selling overall. So that's really the meat and potatoes of the conversation that I want to have today. And we're going to talk about a whole bunch of other things as it relates to that. But that's really the conversation that I want to dive into. And when you get really good at having those conversations around objections, your sales calls are going to convert better overall as well. So this is a process that once you get really good at, once you've done it again and again and again, I talk about that rinse and repeat method all the time when it comes to sales. But once you really know how to sell on a sales call, you can feel like you have a consistent, repeatable process for actually making money in your business. So this is a huge, huge difference maker when it comes to seeing bigger results in your business overall, like more clients and more money in the bank. So that's what we're diving into today. So first of all, let's talk about my perspective on sales calls, because I have seen so much noise in the online space about sales calls. And I feel like people are really hating on sales calls and I just don't agree. And here's why I don't agree. Sales calls literally built my business. Sales calls are how I got fully booked out in my coaching practice. Sales calls are how I gained so much self-trust in building up my coaching business And sales calls are what I continue to offer, even though I don't have any one-on-one spots for future you available at the moment. And we can talk about why too. But the reason I love sales calls is because you can build that relationship so much faster on a sales call than you can in the DMs, right? And I'm not saying you can't sell in the DMs. I want to be very clear on that. But what I do want to say is that if you are new to business, if you are just starting to try to figure out how to sell your offers, if you are feeling unclear about what it is that your potential clients actually struggle with, what words they use when it comes to the challenges they're having, what results they want on the other side of working with you. If you are feeling really unclear about that, sales calls are one of the best things you can do for your business right now because it's going to help you really understand your potential clients, which of course is going to make it easier for you to market and sell in your business. So a lot of the challenges that can come up early on in business, whether that's like the first three months, six months, up to a year even, right? Past the year mark. I just want to normalize that too. Like you are going to test and tweak and get to know your ideal client even better over the span of time you are in business. And the more you have sales calls, the more you are going to know your potential clients really, 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 really well. And you're going to be able to speak to their challenges, their struggles, the results they want, all of it with so much more ease simply by way of having talked to them way more, right? And so when it comes to sales calls, I really believe in focusing on confidence over conversions in the beginning. And the reason I say that is because if you focus on conversions at the beginning of your sales calls process, it is one of the quickest ways to knock your confidence because 
you are going to be looking at the result. You're going to be looking at the time you spent with that potential client and you are going to be judging how well that call went by whether or not it converted. Now, yes, of course, we want your sales calls to convert and that's literally the point of this podcast episode. So we'll dive into that as well. However, The reason I bring this up is because in the beginning, just having the call is the win. Just showing up for yourself and your business in that way is probably really uncomfortable. I know it was for me. I know that I used to secretly hope that people would cancel their sales calls, even though I desperately wanted clients. I really did hate them. I would break out in hives beforehand. I felt super uncomfortable. It was just not fun for me, right? And the reason I say that is because I freaking love sales calls now. I think they're amazing. I I would literally have like a day full of sales calls and it would be like an amazing day for me. So I really, truly love them now. And I think that that transformation is the reason I do what I do. That transformation is why I am a mindset and sales coach because these are the like mindset and sales were the two things I resisted the most, which is so funny, but it's also the things that once I leaned into made the absolute biggest difference in my business. And that is what I see for my clients as well. So that's why I do what I do. It's not because I came to the table like born with this natural gift for sales. Sales was a skill that I cultivated over time. And I have seen that to be true with my clients. That's why so many of my clients have their absolute biggest income months when they work with me. It's why we go from, you know, zero or one or two clients to 20K months. And that I'm really freaking proud of that result because I have literally taken clients from the very beginning of their business to some really big income months in a way that feels good to them. And the way we do that is by building relationships on sales calls. Now, this can look a little different depending on your business, the service you provide, what that looks like in the online space, right? All of those variables come into play here. But every single client that I have worked with that has gotten big results the ones that have hit that six-figure year that they've desired, ones that have had six figures in sales, their first year in business, like all of them really love sales calls or at the very least got really good at them, right? Even if it's not like your absolute favorite thing to do in business, they got really good at having those conversations. So that's why I'm telling you this is because if you can build relationships on a sales call, you are going to be light years ahead of just hoping that the right clients show up and buy, right? Because I think that's often the mindset that I see, especially in the beginning of business when building relationships feels uncomfortable, is that approach of, or belief I should say, of I just think people should be buying. I'm putting out content, like almost that if I build it, they will come mentality. And the truth is that marketing and sales has so much more to do with the results you're seeing in your business than you're probably giving it credit for. So building relationships is how we make that marketing and sales process actually yield results in your business. So I'm hoping that makes sense to you. I'm hoping the pieces are really starting to connect here as I'm talking about this because sales calls are really, really good for building relationships. You can have a conversation with someone in a span of 30 minutes and they can walk away from that conversation ready to buy from you. Now that is incredible. If you ask me, right, where else can you build a relationship that quick? 
quickly in quite that way. It's really hard to do, right? And you can just establish that relationship on an entirely different level on a sales call than you can in the DMs on Instagram, right? Now, don't get me wrong. There's a time and place for that as well. When I sold my group program block to booked, I closed those entirely in the DMs. And the thing I want to mention here that I think a lot of people probably wouldn't share is that Yes, I closed those in the DMs, but some of those people were people that I had had a sales call with months ago, if not longer. And some of them were people I had already had an intensive with, right? So that is what's really important to note here is, yes, I closed those in the DMs. Yes, people bought without a sales call. However, (laughs) the thing to notice there is that I had still been building those relationships previously. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's wrong. I think there's this way where closing sales in the DMs are marketed as like the easy route. And I think that it can be in certain situations. However, I really believe that There would have to be so much more conversation happening in the DMs for that to happen that you can have, like you can just get there so much faster on a sales call. And that just helps you to get to know the person too. Like I really believe that my work is more impactful going into a intensive or a six month coaching relationship because I've had a sales call first, because I know where we're starting at. I know exactly what results they're looking to get. I know exactly where their mindset is at, where they're getting tripped up, what they're struggling with. And I am going into that coaching relationship, having that context, right? And if you take it away from coaching for a second here, the same is true when I was a designer, right? The same is true when I work with my clients who are designers. They are still getting so much information and so much context about a project on a sales call that they're then able to create a proposal from, that they're then able to propose the best solution for their client. They're able to feel out, is this actually someone I would want to work with? Is this actually someone that I can support in getting these kind of results? Do not discount that. That is huge. And honestly, if we really approach this from a service-based perspective, and we want our clients to get the best results possible, which I know you do, then it's really freaking impactful for you to be able to build that foundation on a sales call and then be able to take it from there. Go into that relationship knowing that you can support this person, that you have the information you need to make the best recommendation for them, to actually be personalized and specific in your approach. Like all of these things really matter and they're the things that get our clients better results as well. So that is why I am such a fan of sales calls in general. I love them, like I said. If you are not someone who loves sales calls right now, my hunch is that it's probably because you haven't had enough of them yet. I definitely did not feel this way probably for about the first year of my business. I probably (laughs) definitely dreaded them, maybe longer, honestly. But what I can say is the more you do them, the easier they get. I think in the beginning, you're trying to figure out your rhythm. You're trying to figure out your flow. You're trying to understand what do I actually even say on this? How do I create safety in this container? What conversation am I supposed to be having here? This feels awkward. This feels uncomfortable. There's a lot of like quieting your inner critic that has to happen on a sales call for you to feel really good about it moving forward. However, the more you do it, the easier it gets. It's like anything else that you're going to practice at, you will get better with time and practice, right? 
And so know that going into these sales calls that it will not always feel this difficult. You will hone your process. You will test and tweak. You will see what feels good. You will start to feel more comfortable. You'll let more of your personality shine. Like all of these things happen by way of having the sales calls. Whereas I think the tendency is to be like, oh my gosh, that was so freaking uncomfortable. I don't want to do that again. (laughs) And the reason that this is important to notice is because that's where people really start to pull back on selling in their business. But if you can say, I know it's going to be uncomfortable because most new things I try are uncomfortable, then you can stick with it. Then you can continue to show up for sales calls and you can see them work. This is one of those light bulb moments when you can actually see, oh my gosh, someone got on a call, was excited to work with me, and then actually click the link to pay that very same day that your brain loves evidence. That is going to be such great evidence for you to bank that sales calls are working and that's going to make you want to do more of them. It's going to help you build momentum and it's going to help you to convert more of them over time, right? Because by way of having more sales calls, you're also going to have more conversions, right? That's a little bit tricky. I want to caveat that for a second there, right? So you will have more conversions by way of having more sales calls, but you'll probably also get more no's. So I want to normalize that piece of the puzzle too, because I think sometimes people can have a serious mindset wobble in there. They start to really book out their sales calls. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting so many no's. I'm feeling more defeated, right? And by way of that, I usually have to remind them, hey, you're getting on more calls, so you probably are going to get more no's too. But over time, you're booking out your business, you're getting clients, you're getting more yeses, right? So like both are true. So we have to be able to hold both there. I hope that makes sense. Okay. So that's why I love sales calls. That's why I think they're amazing. I also love handling objections on sales calls. I don't actually love the word handling because I don't, I feel like that's not really what we're doing, (laughs) but I love having conversations around objections on sales calls. And I think that I approach this differently than most people do because I think the tendency there is to think objections are bad and we want to avoid them mostly because they're uncomfortable. We avoid things that are uncomfortable. That's our brains keeping us safe. Totally normal. So once we can normalize that, we can also think about, okay, if objections are actually a good thing, it's going to be normal for them to come up on a sales call. Most people do need to have a conversation with you because before they decide to spend thousands of dollars on your service. I want to normalize that piece too, right? So objections are normal. They're going to come up on sales calls, but the way that you can approach sales calls with so much more ease is by not being afraid of objections or just knowing that you can trust yourself to have conversations around objections. So let's talk about how to do that. I believe objections are a good thing because it means that they actually want the thing. We normally don't have objections around things that we don't want. We just don't want them, right? (laughs) So I would never hop on a call to, I don't know, have a consult to dye my hair blue or something if I did not actually want blue hair, right? Super weird example. Don't know why this came up, but... 
I, I just wouldn't want it. So I wouldn't hop on a call and I just wouldn't have objections about it because I'd be like, mm, not for me, right? I wouldn't even get to the sales call because it just wasn't something that I desired. So by way of your people getting on a call with you, we already know that they're interested. We already know that they probably want the result that's on the other side of working with you. They just need to do a little bit of work to clear out some of the fears and objections and things that are coming up that are really standing in their way from stepping into that, right? So that is a great sign that you are getting objections. Now, where I think this gets tricky and where the narrative has kind of gone off in a different direction in the online space is that thinking objections that objections are bad, right? I see a lot of posts on Instagram that are essentially saying my clients should show up empowered and they should be willing and able to make their own decision and they should be willing to invest in themselves and things like that. And look, I get it. I'm not saying that's wrong. I do believe in having empowered clients. I do believe in empowering my potential clients to make the best decisions for them, asking the right questions, getting curious, all of it. I really do believe in those things. However, this comes with a giant freaking caveat that it can be scary to make an investment. And I think that we don't want to make that wrong either. I think it's totally normal to get a little nervous or to feel like it's a stretch or to wonder if you're going to be able to show up for an investment or whether it's actually going to work for you. Like these are normal human emotions. (laughs) And I think that when we start saying, oh my gosh, but my clients don't have those or my clients shouldn't have those, Like, I'm just not about making that wrong. And maybe it's because I have the perspective of being a mindset coach. Maybe it's because I really believe that when we're, when we know what would move us closer to getting the results we want in our business, but we aren't taking those actions, there's almost always more there. There's more beneath the surface from a mindset perspective that we really need to work through. And I think that having that perspective as a mindset coach just allows me to view this in an entirely different way that most people probably aren't if they're in a service-based business. They're probably not thinking, oh, what's the mindset challenge behind this objection that I'm getting right now? But that's exactly the perspective I want to encourage you to take. I want you to get freaking curious. Think about what what is it that's actually standing in your potential client's way from stepping into this investment. Now, the way we get curious is not by being a mind reader, because I don't know about you, but I am not good at mind reading, even though I've had clients who say, if this whole mindset coaching thing doesn't work out, you should definitely be a mind reader. But I think that's just because I know my clients really freaking well, and I know their patterns, and I know where they get themselves stuck, and it can seem like that sometimes. However, what I will say is that you get to be curious. You get to ask questions. You get to get to the root of what is standing in their way from stepping into this investment and feeling really good about that. Because when you do that, you get more information. And when you have more information, you are better able to serve your potential clients. You're better able to help them to make an informed decision. You're better able to make the best recommendation for them, send the best proposal you can. You're just going to convert better overall because you have more information. So the same way that I've talked about on previous episodes, that it is your job to give your potential clients the information they need to make an informed decision. We're not trying to convince anyone. We're trying to answer questions. We're trying to inform. We're trying to really help them to make the best decision for them. 
The only way you can do that is by asking questions, get curious, really dive in there and understand more about what's going on. And this is the piece that often we're so afraid to do. We're so afraid to go there. I know I definitely was in the beginning of my coaching business. I really didn't want to feel pushy. I didn't want to feel salesy. I felt like if they had said they had to think about it, then that was a no, right? And I was really quick to jump to those kind of conclusions and assumptions, and it held me back in the sales process. So what I will offer here is that I have to think about it is not a no. (laughs) It is normal for us humans to probably have to take time to think before we spend thousands of dollars to get a result that also feels like a stretch and uncomfortable and we're wondering if we can show up for it. Totally normal, right? But that doesn't mean it's a no. So really listen to what your potential client is saying. Get curious, ask questions. So this can look like, you know, if money wasn't an issue here, or if you really felt like you did have the money, would this feel like the thing that would get you the results you want? Now, depending on your business, the thing and the results are going to look different, right? But is this actually what you, what kind of support you think you're needing to get the result, right? That is so helpful because it allows them to at least try to remove money from the equation and look at it from the perspective of, do I actually think this would help? Is this actually the the thing that's going to help me get that result? And if the answer is yes, then we know, okay, this is someone who thinks this is the thing, thinks that this would really help them, and we get to support them more on the investment front. We get to support them more about the fears that are coming up when it comes to making this investment. We get to support them about, this doesn't feel good for everyone, but about getting creative about where they could find the money to make that investment. We get to ask questions about whether this is just, you know, I've seen this so many times on sales calls where it, it really is just a story that I don't have the money. And I don't say that to be like, they're not telling, saying the truth, but I think so many of us operate off of old patterning, right? That probably does not support or feel comfortable in spending money on ourselves, right? I think that's a huge thing for a lot of people stepping into any kind of business investment really, but this can look like, um, goodness, if you're like a health and wellness coach, this can be coming up too, because I think that we do have some blocks (laughs) in general around spending money on ourselves sometimes. And I do think that those are things that can feel uncomfortable based on old programming, but not necessarily based on the amount of money in our bank account or that our basic needs are in risk of not being met if we stepped into this investment. Now, I will say that if that is the case where like basic needs will not be met, then that's a slightly different conversation to have. And I probably, I would just handle that differently, I guess is what I'm saying here. But the only way that we can really know that is by getting curious and asking those questions. So that's the whole goal here is to get curious. I do not think it is pushy to ask questions. I do not think that it is pushy to offer reflections. So what that could look like is I hear you saying that you feel like you really need support to grow your business. However, it seems like there are a lot of fears that are coming up around investing in yourself. Have you ever made an investment in yourself like this before? 
you in that way, you're just opening up the conversation. And what I find to be true is sometimes people will say, actually, yeah, my last investment really didn't pan out the way that I had hoped. Or they'll say, no, this is a totally new thing to me. And actually, I I just feel super uncomfortable about it, right? And then you get to ask that question of like, okay, cool. So it just feels uncomfortable, but uncomfortable doesn't always mean wrong. And you get to have a conversation around that too. So all of this to say, don't be afraid to have that conversation. And I think that this is where we really do ourselves a disservice when it comes to sales is wanting to wanting to almost tap out in that moment when objections come up. But if you can stay in it, one, you're just it's just so helpful as a service provider, right? I really truly believe it. You are just serving on such a deeper deeper level because most people don't want to hold space for those kind of things because it is uncomfortable. But if you can, if you can have that conversation, you're going to help your people feel supported. You're going to help your people to make the best decision for them. And by way of doing that, when we feel supported, we want to work with people more, not less. So just remember that, right? People want to work with people who care. And I think that this is one of the best ways you can really demonstrate that you actually care about your potential clients, that you actually care about the results that they get in working with you is to really hold space for this conversation. Now, this does not have to be like epically long either, right? So you don't have to dive into every objection under the sun in this one call. However, most people have like one thing, you know, like one core thing that they just need to talk through first, that they just need to sort out first. And that is where you really get to hold space for that. You get to offer a different perspective. So Sometimes this looks like sharing a personal story. One of the best ways that I have seen to offer a different perspective so that your potential clients can really see their own stuff in a different way is by sharing a story about you or one of your clients. So this could look like if you're a web designer, you can say something along the lines of, I totally understand that this is a big investment. I remember one client in particular had very similar fears to what's coming up for you now. They were really afraid to switch website platforms. They were afraid to put their the hands of their brand in or put the hands of their brand, put their brand in the hands of a new designer. There we go. (laughs) But what I found to be true for that client is that we were able to find a solution that worked best for them. We were able to get them a website that they absolutely loved. And that client in particular has seen X percent increase in leads and clients because of it. They're fully booked. Insert results here, right? So that is where you get to really offer perspective by telling them what you found to be true for either yourself or for one of your clients. Now, if you are early on in your business and you're going, but Amanda, I don't have testimonials. I don't have percentages. I don't have conversion rates. I don't have anything here. Then tell a personal story. I would be willing to bet that you have been through something similar to what you are now walking your clients through. And you can even take it out of context of business, right? And so if you're selling something that is business related, but you have another story that is relevant, you can just make an analogy there, right? So 
our brains really like having these stories to grab onto. It helps us to understand things in a different way. And when you can offer that perspective that is separate from the client and what they're currently going through, it helps to remove the charge they're feeling around this investment, this decision, this conversation, and it helps them to get thinking about how it's worked for other people, right? How those very same results can be possible. And you can even say that. Like, I truly believe that what is possible for one of my clients is possible for all of my clients. And I would love to work with you in creating that, right? So you can really speak to that. But what I find to be true is most people just want to avoid that conversation in general, or they feel like they don't have the results, right? They feel like they don't have the story that relates. So this is where the mindset work comes in. This is where you can journal it out, figure out what results have you created for your clients. I remember early on in my business, I did this exercise to really get to the root of what had I created? Like, what had I done in my design business? What had I built? What experience did I have? Like, in building a business that then, of course, was transferable to the coaching business, but I definitely wasn't thinking about that at the time. And that mindset exercise of figuring out, like, what have I done, you know, was so useful. It was so useful because when I put it all on paper, I could see it all together and I could understand how I had created all of that, how I had so much experience and so much credentials. And that really made a difference in how I was moving and into this new business, how I was pivoting. So all of that to say, don't discount the mindset work here. If you're feeling like you don't have those things, then dive deeper, do the work, journal it out, find all of the evidence you can possibly find that you are good at what it is that you are supporting your clients in and then tell them, right? I always say they don't know if you don't tell them. So tell your potential clients, tell them what it is that you have created for other past clients. Tell them what you've done in your own business. Tell them about your previous experience. It's so funny. In the beginning of my coaching business, I wanted to avoid anyone knowing that I had been a designer before I was a coach. For whatever reason, I had this giant mindset block around feeling disqualified because I had been a designer first. Now, I don't know why that was. I really can't tell you. But for whatever reason, it felt like it really discounted it. But the wild thing is most of my clients, not all of them, but a lot of them are designers. And the reason that they're designers is because I have all of this experience to back that, right? I have years of working in corporate. I have year in the marketing department doing graphic design stuff. I have years of running the design studio, so I know how to run a design business. I've had many of the same mindset challenges that they're now going through. I know that business like the back of my hand. Like I really know how to run a design studio. And It's so funny that I just didn't want people to know that because that's actually why people hire me. That's actually why I am such a great fit to coach other designers is because I have that background and experience. But I sure as heck was not talking about that on sales calls when I was feeling uncomfortable about people knowing that. So this is where you really get to do the mindset work to lean into what makes you the perfect person to help your clients. What does that look like? And this is not just from coaching perspective, this is everything, right? Like what makes you the perfect person to support your clients? Do work around that, get clear on those things and then tell people, right? It doesn't stop at just doing the journal exercise. It 
it takes that extra step of actually getting on the call, actually letting people know, actually telling them why you are so excited to work with them and how you can help them and what results are possible. That's where we really get to sell instead of just assuming people should know or they should have read the entire about page on our website. Spoiler alert, they haven't read it. And that is where you really get to inform them, right? Again, going back to you are giving them the information to make the best decision for them. Now, have I had potential clients who don't necessarily want to work with someone who has a background in branding and design? They're really looking for someone who can bring, you know, an alternate lens to it, who doesn't necessarily look at things the same way as I would having a design background. I mean, probably, I've probably had calls like that. I can't remember any off the top of my head, but like there's probably been someone that's not a fit because of that, but I don't do them any any favors by not sharing that with them, right? It would really suck if we got, you know, a few months into our coaching relationship and all of a sudden they found out I had that background. They were like, actually, I'm looking for something totally different, right? So again, this goes back to showing up as who you are, as sharing those pieces that feel important, as informing your potential clients so that they can make the best decision for them, And it's just such an important part of you feeling like you're actually selling, right? Actually sharing these things, actually showing up and speaking to why you would be great at supporting your potential clients. So such an important part of the sales call, such an important part of the sales process. And if that part is still feeling uncomfortable, then I think there's probably more mindset work to do around your own experience and credentials and how to feel more comfortable sharing those things. So that's where I would go first on that particular one. And remember, everything I'm talking about here is not just coaching specific or business to business specific. It can apply to what it is that you do, right? I typically work with service-based entrepreneurs, so that's what a lot of my content is focused towards. But really having these sales conversations and these conversations around objections in general in your sales process can be a part of any sales process, apart from like, I guess, product-based, but still, if you're selling those in person, there's probably an element of that too. You know, like it really, it really is such an integral part of sales. So don't skip over this part. Now, my favorite, favorite question to ask at the end of a sales call is now what feels like the next best step for you? The reason I love this question is because, and this is typically after I pitch, right? So I'm like, Hey, here's what I think you'd be a good fit for. I go through all the details. I talk about the results that are possible. I give them a reflection of what I've heard and why I think it'll help all the things, right? But then I really ask that question of what feels like the best next step for you. And it allows me to see, to understand where they're at, right? Because I don't want to jump into this conversation thinking that they have objections that they don't have or assuming that they're not ready to buy or that they would be hung up on the price point or anything like that, right? So by asking this, it really helps me to understand, cool, where are you at? Like what feels like the best next step for you? And sometimes that looks like I just need to sleep on it or I, you know, need to move some money around, but I think I'm a yes. Like we can be available for whatever the answer is there. But the reason I ask that question is because you don't want to assume that you already know what they're thinking, because again, you're not a mind reader. So you could just get to ask what feels like the best next step for you. 
And when you ask that, you're going to have a better understanding of where they're at based on what they've told you rather than some idea that you're assuming in your head. So I love that question. I highly suggest it. You can put your own spin on it, say it in a way that works for you, whatever feels good there. But really, we're just looking to get at like, where are they? Like, what is their readiness level in the sales process? Are they ready to buy? Are they already a yes? Um, What is their typical decision making process like, right? If they say that they just want to sleep on it, I typically ask, okay, cool. Are you someone who typically sleeps on this kind of thing, right? And I've had people go like, oh, actually, no, like I usually know right away. And I've had people be a yes after that, right? So again, curiosity is your friend when it comes to sales. So that is the mindset that I really, really encourage you to take here, especially when having those conversations around objections, whether that be time or money or something else that's coming up. And it's just going to support you in having sales calls that feel really good, that flow with so much more ease, and that actually convert better because of it. So as always, I would absolutely love to support you on my free 30-minute sincere sales coaching call. I freaking love these calls. I continue to offer them even though we are fully booked in my one-to-one future you coaching because I love them so much. I love helping you get to the root of those light bulb moments and understanding where your mindset might be holding you back from converting sales so that we can shift it together. You can really see a different way of selling or a different perspective when it comes to sales so that you can really, really feel good about that and you can see bigger business results because of it. So if you want to take me up on one of those, I only offer a few of them each week. So head over to amandajoyceweber.com slash sincere sales and grab a time that works for you. I would absolutely love, love, love to support you in that. All right. I hope you have a absolutely beautiful week. Thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. I could probably go on and on and on and I probably will in a future episode because talking about sales calls and my approach around sales calls is one of my favorite things because it was such a difference maker for me in my own business. And I know it's going to be a difference maker for you as well when it comes to more leads and more clients and more money in the bank. So have a fantastic week and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, Sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. So I wouldn't even get to the sales call point, part, point. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. Hold on. What, what, let me finish that thought.